As long as I have a healthy relationship with my, my Jesus, my Lord, my, my, my Messiah, and, and as long as I'm seeking Him and seeking His kingdom, I have felt like all else has followed. Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Indo Podcast. My name is Isaac, your host, and we are now officially in the wonderful month of April. If you're a college or a university student, you're approaching the end of semester, which means papers and exams. We here at Indo, we are going to pray for you guys. Uh, some of my close friends and even my wife, we're all in the thick of it right now, so I totally get it. Anyways, we have an awesome show for you today. I'll actually be continuing my conversation with Pastor Dave Johnson and English Bible College student Simon Peacock. Uh, Last week, I had told you, in this podcast, we're going to be looking at the one thing every Christian young adult needs to focus on uh, to go through life with just a general joy and peace. Uh, We're going to be getting into that in just one moment. Uh, For those of you who didn't get the chance to listen to last week's podcast, uh, go ahead and and listen to it, indo.ca, you can find it there. We're in a two-week series called Where Do I Go? It's this idea that, you know, many young adults are in the middle of many decisions, right? Where do I go to school? Who do I date? Do I leave home now? Uh, What job should I apply for? All those kind of things. So we, being Christians, know and believe that God has a will for our lives. Um, I brought it up last week, um, Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So this one verse tells us, one, we are not mistakes, but created intentionally by God. And two, we're created for good things. Three, God prepared us and those good things before time. And four, we are to walk in that specific will. All right, so let's continue this conversation that I had with Pastor Dave and Simon Peacock. So if we're looking at the young adult who's, you know, a Christian, right, and they're, they're, uh, they're going along in life, and they might think of God's will for them as this, like, kind of tightrope, right? And uh, Scripture and others could kind of be... Uh, playing into the principles of what is true, but they still might have this idea that every single action I make is, is playing an impact. How, do, how are we supposed to understand that God's, uh, God's will for our lives can be a little bit broad in the sense of me being on a tightrope sure. and like being nervous, should I wear my blue shirt or my red shirt today? Is sort of an exaggeration. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know exactly. What if you just, you know, yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. I think, for, at least for me, if I can just speak experientially mm-hmm. and theologically, man, the words of Jesus, seek first his kingdom, and all else will follow. And I have felt like in my life, I've been a Christian now for eight years, and things have worked out. Things have worked out. This hasn't been a huge struggle for me. I don't know why. Maybe it's negligence. I don't know. But <laughs> I, I haven't been, I, I'm not a big worrier. I don't, I don't worry too much about, you know, whether I'm exactly in the will of God. As long as I have a healthy relationship with my, my Jesus, my Lord, my my, my Messiah. And, and as long as I'm seeking him and seeking his kingdom, I have felt like all else has followed. In, in times in my life when I've tried to make things happen, I remember one time when I first became a Christian, I went to Bible college. I really wanted to be a youth pastor like right away. I was like, let's just get this thing going on the road, <laughs> right? Like I just, and so I remember hearing a church down the road, the youth pastor left. 
So I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta make it happen. You know, I gotta start attending this church and start serving because I'm, I'm gonna take it over. You know, I'm, I'm it's just uh, terrible. This is sinful. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just show up at this youth group. They've never met me before, and I'm like, I want to be a youth leader. You know, and and this church was hurting for leaders, and so they're like, yeah, sure. And I tried my hardest to make it happen, and they hired another guy. And so I learned from that. Like, I think, yes, we need to be. Hungry, for sure. Like the, there, there's an aspect of being hungry and, and, and trying to make things happen. But there's also an aspect, at least in my life, that has really been functional, really just resting in, in the Lord, being really close to Him, seeking Him in His scriptures, making sure that my devotional life and my prayer life are healthy. Mm-hmm. And as, as I do that, man, I think things just kind of work out for me. I know it's a very simplistic way, maybe... I don't think so. I, I think even speaking personally, and again, I'm not. it's not some magical thing. If you read your Bible in, the, in that day, you're going to sure. have a good day. I'm right. not saying that, but it's true. Personally speaking, if I'm having a good devotional life in the sense that I, I'm waking up, I'm going to his word, and even if I'm not feeling it, I'm still like dedicating my time to learning from him. I'm writing it down. I'm praying. Throughout that day, I'm not I'm not as anxious about the things in life. They still could be painful, sure. I mean, we're going to hit trials and tribulations, for sure. But I'm not anxious about what mm-hmm. I need to do. Yeah. I think kind of setting up that fact that, you know, Jesus is the Lord of my life. Amen. You know, I think something I wanted to ask, though, you, you say if we seek first the kingdom of God. So someone might be listening right now, and uh, they could be, I don't know, wanting to switch churches. Maybe they're interested in dating someone maybe what college to go to. And if you tell them, like, I think we just need to obviously seek first the kingdom, what does that look like for the average busy young adult? Simon, why don't you, uh, I don't know the answer to this, man. I'm I'm just (laughs) kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Simon, what do you, you got any thoughts on that? I think number one is it's going to change situation to situation in, in some sense. But at the core of it, what Dave was saying about being close to Jesus seeking first his kingdom, keeping in constant communion with the Lord, that looks the same through different periods of our life. It, it varies, but it also looks the same in some sense. It's, it's communication. Communication is key to all relationships. Mm. Um, and so seeking first the kingdom of God, okay, so there are these constant commands in Scripture to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Well, that's that's one way that we can seek the kingdom first. Um Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. That's another way. Yeah. Well, if we look at the life of Jesus, how did he seek the kingdom first? At least from my perspective, I see a man, a God man, who has a a very, very strong relationship with his father where he retreats Mm -hmm. to spend time with his father. Knowing his father. He speaks so much about knowing and loving his father and his father knowing and loving him. So I think... That is a key component to seeking his kingdom because you got to know the king to to know the kingdom. And the king's culture, the culture of the king is also the culture of the kingdom, right? A bad king will often have an evil kingdom, but we have a very good king. And so and what you see also in Jesus is he allows for interruption in his, in his life. Like in, in his day-to-day life, he allows for interruption. Like whether it's like a, a little girl, 12-year-old girl who's like just about to die. And yeah, by the time he got there, she would be dead, right? And he allows for an interruption. This woman who's touching his robe and he's like, who's touching me? Yeah. And like, you know, when he got to the house and the girl was dead, you can make the point like, come on, Jesus. Like if you would have just not stopped and like talked to that, you know, you could have saved her. Jesus just, he... He is, he's open to interruption. And 
when I talk about how things have worked out in, in my life, that's I want to make it clear, that's not to say that I haven't experienced closed doors in my life. I have experienced many closed doors, if you will, mm-hmm. metaphorically speaking, in my last eight years as a Christian. But in those closed doors, God has still been faithful. Yeah. God can, he is still faithful in closed doors. He will close doors and in retrospect, I see his faithfulness. And as I just recently learned was that in Psalm 23, the shepherd makes the sheep lie down. He, and he, he, he makes them lie down. He says, this is your pasture that you got to, this is that you're eating from. I know the one over there may look greener. I know you want to keep going, but you got to stop now. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you rest in this green pasture. You're going you're gonna to feed on this green pasture. And many times in life, it will happen. The, the grass looks a little greener over there. But God says, no, this is where you need to stop. And sometimes what can happen is Christians go, oh, God's not faithful. God's not faithful. He's not working in my life. I just feel like my life's on pause right now. But I think that's just a, that's just a, that's a misunderstanding of God because God does continue to work when, when he makes people lie down. I had a conversation with a man in jail last Tuesday. God's making him lie down, man, for a long time, literally. And I had to look this young man, and he's a young adult. He's made some. He's made some big mistakes, and he's going to be in jail for a long time. And I had to remind him, you know what? You're going to be. You're you're laying down for a long time, but don't think that God has stopped working. God never presses pause on our lives. He never presses pause. He is always at work. You may feel circumstantially like God's not working in my life. I don't see progress. I don't see process. What's what's going on? I don't believe that God ever presses pause on our sanctification, on our growth as individual, our growth as as Christians. And so, you know, my encouragement to this young man who's going to be in jail for a long time is, hey, use this time to to get in touch with God, to to build even relationships with the other young men, try and be a light in this place. God never presses pause on our lives. And I think what you said at the very beginning about the whole comparison issue, I think that fits in because here's a young adult, let's say, that... He wants to go to maybe a new church. Or maybe he's thinking, oh, I'm not married yet. But he's comparing himself to all these people. And if God's just calling him, you need to rest here right now. Right. He needs to have, he needs to be seeking the kingdom first uh, so he doesn't get stressed out at those at those moments mm-hmm. and just understand that I do need to, I need to rest mm-hmm. here. I need yeah. to rest here. And we have a conscience and we have the Holy Spirit. And the more we know Jesus, the more we know what he's like. And when I... My conscience is not clear on something. I mean, that's that. I, I believe that's God speaking to me, yeah. saying, "Dave, you need to either stop doing this or start doing that." And so God's will, yeah, it's it's can be challenging to kind of discern and and that. But I think it's a huge component. A huge component of that is having a healthy relationship with Jesus and just seeking Him and not stressing over what you have or what you don't have. Quit looking at what other people have. That doesn't help you. Comparison doesn't help you. It doesn't. It, it distracts you. It can make you doubt God and his goodness. And For sure. Yeah. And I think it's important too, as you're saying that, don't just go to God for discernment when you need to make a decision. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're going to God actually starts way back, yeah. way before, yeah. you know. As you were talking, I was I was thinking of Paul and Timothy and Silas as they're traveling through and they tried to go up to Bithynia and Spirit's mm. like, no, right. can't go up here. So it's like, okay, they try to go over here. No, not over here either. Right. And because they followed these, the discernment of the spirit there, 
they were able to go into Mesopotamia where God worked right. incredibly. Yeah. I think that's important that we actually take those what when we feel God calling us to stop or, or go, we need to we need to listen. And if we're just going to God at those moments, we need right. to start way before. Right. So Isaac, I got a question for you. I'm a young adult and I'm in a season of suffering, great suffering. And I've got a, a friend who says that God doesn't allow, his will doesn't allow for suffering. How can you, I guess, justify God's will and his working in our lives and sufferings? I think the scripture talks a lot about how suffering is, in a sense, part of our will mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Yeah. It is. You, you look at Jesus' life. Jesus was at the point, one of my favorite parts of scripture is when he's on his knees in the Garden of Gethsemane, and right. he is suffering, right. like the ultimate suffering. And and he he's like, God... You're God. You can you can change this, mm-hmm. and if you could, you know, remove this from me, because it's hurting. Like this sucks. Mm-hmm. But he says, nevertheless, yeah, not my will, but your will be done. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. Yeah, and Jesus was led into the desert where he was tempted and where he was hungry. I mean, it's not like he was just chilling on a lazy boy eating burgers. He was is a challenge. He comes back and. He's ready for ministry. And so suffering, I, from my understanding of Scripture, is a part of the will of God. He, he uses suffering. And you know my story. Like I was in a plane crash at the age of 19. And it took a plane crash for me to be humbled because before that moment, man, I was, a, I was a prideful, arrogant young man who loved his booze and his weed. And I, I, there was no humbling me. It took a watching my friend die, and it took great physical injury where I was literally, I couldn't walk. And I look back now, and, and I think, you know, if it wasn't for that period of suffering in my life, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be as close to Jesus as I am today. Thanks so much, guys, for coming in today. Yeah, I appreciate you having us in. was the rest of the conversation I had the privilege of having with Dave and Simon. Hey, so let's look at this idea of seeking first the kingdom, something that was said multiple times in this podcast. In saying this, we're referencing Matthew 6:33, which is exactly, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So what are these things? Uh, Jesus is in the middle of one of his most popular sermons, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, So he gets to this section uh, near the end when he's talking about not being anxious about things. So specifically food, your body, and your clothing. I think it's credible that, you know, this obviously was spoken by Jesus, you know, 2,000 years ago, yet these areas uh, are huge areas of anxiety in tons of young adults' lives. Not even young adults, but really everyone. So after Jesus explains his just immense care for us, uh, he says this, don't be anxious asking about, you know, what food, what drink, what clothing, because the Gentiles, so in this case, this can be translated to those who just aren't believers, they seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all, but seek first the kingdom of God, etc. So we've applied this to the fact that God, who knows us better than we even know ourselves, knows what we need in order to fulfill this calling or will that he has for our individual lives. Now, in order for this to be a process where we won't be anxious or stressed, he tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
So the question is, what does this mean? You know, what is what is seeking first the kingdom of God and what does it mean to seek his righteousness? Simply put, it means to seek God and holiness. Martin Lloyd-Jones, he's a, a modern-day Puritan uh, from the 20th century. He writes this in his book, The Sermon on the Mount. The Christian is meant to be seeking the face of the Lord daily, constantly. He or she takes and makes time to do so. Seeking the face of the Lord, devoting time and effort and diligence in knowing him as not only your father, but your savior. This will automatically guide you into more kingdom things um, and kingdom things, God's kingdom being his principles and truths ruling. Uh, Like Dave said earlier, he said, we can't know the kingdom without knowing the king. We have to seek God's face in order to seek and live out his ways, right? And this ties into the fact that we are to also seek his righteousness. Martin Lloyd-Jones again writes, this means holiness, the life of righteousness. You are not only to seek the kingdom of God in the sense that you set your affections on things above, you must also positively seek holiness and righteousness, end quote. So seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness is setting your affections on him as Lord and Savior and Father and allowing those affections to work themselves out in real everyday life. You see, in doing this, the stresses of our lives here on earth fade away, right? As our continual time and devotion to God translates to greater thinking and thoughts of heaven and eternity. I think a good way to end this podcast and this series is by reciting the chorus of a popular hymn. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Well, that wraps up the In Doubt podcast show. To find out more about In Doubt and to listen to more podcasts, visit indoubt.ca. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We want to hear from you. If you have any stories, comments, or whatever you want to share with us, let us know. That being said, I'm Isaac, and this is the In Doubt podcast. The In Doubt Podcast Show is a part of In Doubt Ministries, which is the young adult partner ministry of Back to the Bible Canada with Dr. John Newfeld. This ministry has been impacting Canada with the biblical gospel for the past 55 years. Listen to Back to the Bible Canada by subscribing to their podcast or by heading to backtothebible.ca.